greatest symbol of excellence in sports entertainment. The upcoming presentation is a two-man power trip of wrestling podcast production. Right back here, the World Wrestling Federation, the Bay Area, the Oakland Coliseum Arena. Handicap bout after what took place here last time. Mr. Wonderful Paul Orndorff demanded both Mr. Fuji and the Magnificent Morocco in the ring at one time. And Mr. Fuji, perhaps this time Mr. Wonderful may have gone a little bit too far. You better believe it, boy, song. Two against one, Orndorff, maybe little cuckoo. Could he know that be. Mr. Fuji is a very sick man. I love it, Andosan. I love to grab my hand and grab your throat and twist, 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 and eyeball pop out. You're right, you are oh, sick. Oh, I love to make you suffer, boy, son. And also, mind to my communication with Magnificent One, you are in big trouble, Andosan. Very big trouble. You will pay your dues to Mr. Fuji and Magnificent Morocco. Mr. Fuji, if I may, of course, a tremendous Chinatown population here in the Bay Area. Perhaps some words in your native tongue to whatever few <laughs> fans you may have. Voisan, I am not Chinese, so so sorry. Ha <laughs> ha, joke on you, Voisan. Now, you talk about Ondo-san. Perhaps in Chinese, you think? I'm not Japanese. Honorable well, right, Japanese, honorable Japanese. Perhaps Ready? something uh, a lot of so Japanese sorry, in the so great sorry. I cannot repeat myself. Must go on production. <laughs> Magnificent one. Please say some kind word to Ondorf. You know you think you're awful funny. Yeah. You don't know that yeah. this man is the you lead in, in Fuji General. This man is the lead in Fuji Bandito. Uh, this man yeah. has been the lead in uh, Fuji Chan yeah. and now the lead in Fuji Vice. Yeah. And now he's leading the parade in Portland for an organization to free the rights and individuals of people. But Oakland Coliseum, we have Paul Arndorf, Mrs. Oh. Wonderful, wandering around like the Red Baron. Oh. What has he got these goggles on for? Is he trying to last time he, out? He, he attacked. He unprovokedly attacked my manager, Mr. Fuji. Jumped over the top rope, struck him from behind in his moment of glory, ruining his whole. Look how finely he's attired. Very look at dapper, this no doubt about blended. it. Look at look at the cut. Look at the weave of this material. Every every stitch, hand sewn. Every time some fool spits on it, Mr. Fuji sheds a tear. Paul Arndorf, oh, you, you really better have your goggles on very tight, good, very good. because you will be shedding many many tears, Paul Arndorf. And don't worry. 
when Wong Buck and Chong Li get to Hu Flung Dung, you know that one Hong Lo will be there. Wrestling fans, Bay Area, June 18th, Oakland Coliseum Arena, don't miss it. Hello and welcome to the Hogan Era Podcast. I'm your host, JP John Paz. This is, of course, a part of the two-man power trip of wrestling's podcasting empire on the two-man power trip of wrestling podcasting feed. This week on the Hogan Era Podcast, we're talking about the magnificent one himself, the rock, Don Morocco. And, of course, the Hogan Era is the big golden era in the WWF from 1984 to 1993 a.k.a. in January when Hogan debuts, and really in the summer of 93 when Hogan makes his exit after the big European tour. So the Hogan era, the biggest financial era in the history of the WWE, the biggest boom period in wrestling, the best period in wrestling. Without Hogan setting it off, there would be no Attitude Era, there would be no Vince McMahon being a billionaire, there would be none of that nonsense, and it's all predicated and all thanks to the immortal Hulk Hogan. When you think about the Hogan era, there are so many great feuds, and we've talked about a, a ton of them on this show. We've talked about Macho Man Randy Savage, Rowdy Roddy Piper, Andre the Giant, King Kong Bundy. I mean, we've talked about so many great legendary feuds. I mean, hell, this is episode number 26. So we've talked about 25 other great ones, and today with Don Morocco it is going to be a no different because when you think about this feud and you're going to be like, wow, Morocco didn't have pay-per-view matches or big matches, but they had huge house show matches. And we mention this every week on the show. That's how they drew their money. That's how they really made their income. And when you're doing all these house shows selling out all over the world, that's how they're really generating most of their revenue. And most of the profit too is coming from these house shows. Yes, they have the merchandise. Yes, they're making the LJNs and all this other stuff, but really, it's the house shows that is making this big money and this big business. And how are they generating these big amounts of money and these big dollars from these house shows? It's Hulk Hogan and whoever he's feuding with. And I mentioned on the show a bunch of times, and it's funny I mentioned them when I was talking about Hulk in other interviews on, on other podcasts too. It's pretty funny to think about. It. It's like Hulk had like four feuds going on at once. I mean, here with Morocco, I mean, really the feud starts in 1985 around the time of WrestleMania. And it kind of goes all the way to really 86, almost the end of 86. And, you know, he'll be a part of Survivor Series 87 against Hogan's team. But it's like, wow, this is a long time feud. And in between that, where he's feuding with Hogan on all these house shows and they're doing all these great matches, he's feuding with Piper. He's feuding with Orndorff. He's feuding with Bundy. He's feuding with Big John Studs. Who's got all these other feuds going on while he's selling out with Morocco in different towns doing huge business and huge numbers because, hey, people love Hogan. They want to see Hogan, and they want to see a great foil. They want to see a great heel. They want to see a great guy go up against him, and Morocco certainly fit that bill. He's former two-time Intercontinental Champion, obviously a WWE Hall of Famer, class of 2004. He was a King of the Ring winner in 1985. I mean, he's got a great resume to himself, a huge, just legendary name in the business, great great feud with superfly jimmy snooker that really carried the wbf and you can say oh backham was a champion but he wasn't carrying wbf snooker was the top baby face and especially towards the end of backland's run morocco and backland did have a great feud and did draw some money but morocco snooker was the money feud for wbf and it really was the impactful feud that was bringing the dollar signs that's why vince may have went out of his way to make sure they kept snooker and why Morocco would eventually end up in a great position against Hulk and then really have a great place 
on the card. Now, if you think about it, it's like, wow, why was Don Morocco held off of WrestleMania 1? Why was he in WrestleMania 1? This huge name, and he's a huge part of WWF. Like, what was going on? And here's the reason right here. He was actually going to be a stand-in in case Paul Orndorff did not want to do the job in the main event for WrestleMania 1. And it kind of makes perfect sense. It's like, who could have filled in that spot? Who would have been believable? And apparently Morocco, and he was told this, and, and he has said, said this in interviews as well, that he was the stand-in for Orndorff, just in case, that he was not going to agree to do the job to Hogan and Mr. T at WrestleMania 1. Makes perfect sense. Totally believe him. Definitely true. And that's the only other possible explanation why that big of a star and that big of a name power and that big of a, an act for them wasn't part of WrestleMania 1. They had to kind of ensure that somebody was perhaps ready to take that fall and take that finish. And you know Piper was not doing it. Piper was not jobbing to the Hulkster at that point. So it had to have been somebody else. If Orndorff wasn't going to do it, Orndorff agreed to it. And the rest is history. Morocco was held off of that. But because Morocco did that, he got a little bit of a prize. That prize, you get to wrestle Hulk Hogan on all the house shows and a bunch of MSGs for about a year, a little bit over a year, and you're going to make a ton of money. So sorry you're not a part of WrestleMania. Yes, we held you off selfishly as a backup because in case Orndorff wasn't going to play ball, but he did play ball. We owe you one. We're going to give you this big-time house show feud with Hogan, and they're going to wrestle over. I mean, that's how they're generating a ton of money, and they had a bunch of pretty big-time MSG matches as well, which we'll get into, but it's just funny to think about it. It's like, wow, why the hell was Morocco on the show? Then you delve into it, and you look into it. It's like, wow, he was just going to kind of be a stand-in, and like they needed to make it up to him, so bing, bang, boom, after WrestleMania pretty much, and there's a few matches before there as well where they're kind of leading into Hogan, Morocco. They have a few before WrestleMania, but really after WrestleMania is where they really ramp it up and they have a big time push for the magnificent Morocco against Hulk Hogan for the WWF's title all through 85 and 1986. So if you think about Morocco, yes, he started out in 1974. He had a match for the WWF and then really makes his return in 1981 with a little bit of a feud with the Black Demon. Not much of a feud, much more of like a squash, get me over kind of things, but he would have a, a bunch of wins there. In an interesting match in 1981, the Magnificent Morocco defeats Rick Martel on the MSG Network, a part of the New York City MSG card on 6-8-1981. He then defeats Rick McGraw, Charlie Brown, Rick McGraw again. He's having a little mini feud with Bob Backlund, where he's getting WWF title shots in Springfield, Mass., and Trenton, New Jersey. He loses both those matches, but by DQ. Then another match in New Hampshire by DQ. Then he loses a count-out match in Vermont. And then it's kind of like, okay, Morocco is definitely getting a push. He's definitely kind of moving up the card. Where is he headed here? Because Backlund's beating him, but he's not pinning him. He's beating him by count-out or by DQ, which then leads Morocco to Pedro Morales in the Intercontinental World Title, 6-20-1981. The Magnificent Morocco defeats Pedro Morales in 15 minutes to capture the Intercontinental Title on the Prism Network from the Spectrum in Philly, PA. Huge win there. As everyone knows, Pedro Morales is a big favorite around these parts, and especially a big favorite around mine. And Morocco beats him. Pretty damn awesome because he makes his debut really, in March, and then by June, he's winning the Intercontinental title, and this is, of course, back when the Intercontinental title had a huge role and was hugely significant and played a big part in the WWF. Of course, he's beating S.G. Jones, he's beating Tony Garee, he's beating Dominic DiNucci. He has a pretty damn awesome title reign with the title. They even do a 
match a part of a TV tapings on 8-11-1981. It's part, it's part of the big Allentown PA tapings. Title for title, Backlund versus Morocco ends up in a double countout. So he's not even beating him in dark matches, part of big TV tapings. So it's just pretty amazing to think of like, wow, uh, like, are they going to do it again at MSG? And they do. And on 8-24-81, and him and Backlund have a time limit draw in MSG. Goes 60 minutes, and he's still not losing. Pretty amazing. Also in this title run in 81, he's beating Martel again. And Kurt Hennig, who's coming in, he's beating Pat Patterson. And finally, in the big blow-off match, 9-21-81, in a Texas death match for the WWF Championship. Yes, he's still the Intercontinental Champion, but only WWF titles on the line in this Texas death match. At MSG, on the MSG Network, Backlund finally gets the win in 32 minutes and a great one there. So they would kind of continue on and, and have a feud all through 81 and really have time limit draws after time limit draws after time limit draws when they do the title for title matches. You know, New Haven, Connecticut, Binghamton, New York. I mean, they would have matches all over the place. You know, you go to Rochester, New York. They went to Scranton, PA. So he was really, really kind of just well thought of and really, really just well liked. Um of course, later on in the year, on 11-23-81, he ended up losing the Intercontinental title back to Pedro Morales in the Texas Death Match at MSG. But he did have a great run with it. That's about a 14-minute match. And then, of course, he goes back to feuding with Backlund again, losing to him in a cage match and a Texas Death Match, one in Boston and one in Scranton, PA. So just interesting to note that he is facing the tippy-top, the biggest guys on the show. He is really having a major, major impact on these shows. And of course, this is pre-Hogan era, this is pre-Hogan. So you're thinking to yourself, he is definitely having a, a great run and he's definitely a top guy, but this is pre-Hogan era, this is pre-big money. So just put in your head, like if you're a WWF fan, Morocco is a star already before the Hogan era. And it's one of those guys they're adopting into the Hogan era that's going to become an even bigger star, perhaps. But on 122.83, Magnificent Rocco defeats Pedro Morales yet again, and he wins the Intercontinental title. Of course, that is on the MSG Network at Madison Square Garden in New York City. And then, like I mentioned, you start the infamous and legendary Jimmy Superfly Snooker feud, which kind of goes all the way through 83 and a bit of 84. It's awesome to think like, wow, like this big time feud was not technically the main event, but it was the biggest draw on the card. It was the biggest moneymaker, Snuka Morocco. Of course, Snuka would uh, have some controversy as well going on in, in 84. Not going to get too much into that, but he just had some uh, controversy going on in his personal life. And Tito Santana kind of steps in and he defeats Don Morocco at the Boston Garden in Boston, Mass. 211-84, and a great one there. And they had a rematch at MSG a few days later. And Tito defeats Morocco by countout. So they are keeping him strong as he'll get many, many wins in a row. And just kind of keep on dominating through as we start into 1985. And, of course, the first time Hogan and Morocco would cross paths would be in New Japan Pro Wrestling, really, in 1982. But in the WWF, 2-9-1985, a part of a house show. It's a $50,000 tag team battle royal match. Hogan and Hillbilly Jim end up winning this one. And Morocco was a part of this one as his tag team partner was Mr. Fuji for this one. It was in Landover, Maryland. The first one-on-one -on -one match happens 2-26-1985. Hogan defeats Morocco 
by DQ in Los Angeles at the Sports Arena. Then 3-9-1985, Hogan defeats Morocco and Landover, Maryland. And then at a house show at the Boston Garden in Boston, Mass., Hogan defeats Morocco by DQ, 3-23-85. WrestleMania would happen. And then, of course, we go into the real big-time feud between Hogan and Morocco that would set off between 1985 and 1986. If you go and you go on YouTube or you go all around, there is a bunch of matches, and WWF put it on DVDs. It was on 24-7 Network. It was all over the place. Hogan and Morocco had these great legendary matches, these bloodbaths, these crazy brawls, these different type of Hogan matches than you were used to seeing. It was great. I mean, there's a ton of blood. You'll hear uh, one of the matches on the end of the episode here, but it was just one of those things where you see a different Hogan here. You got to love that. I mean, you're getting the Hulkster, but you're getting the, the brawling Hulkster. You're getting the down and dirty bloody brawling i mean i just love that different element of the hulkster we talked about it with the funk matches and the dr g david schultz matches and the harley race matches where you're getting a whole different hulkster here when he goes up against morocco and i love that and on 422 1985 the magnificent morocco defeats hulk hogan by counted on the msg network from madison square garden in new york city which kind of sets it off it's like holy shit this guy just beat the hulkster yes it's by counter but that was huge back then i mentioned that on other episodes absolutely huge back then and it meant a ton so i mean that is a great start to the feud that, yeah, they had some few matches beforehand, but once you get to MSG and once you're part of the main event and once you're wrestling Hogan and that sellout crowd and you get the win, you know you're in line for a big-time house show push and you know you're in line to make a ton of money and you know there's going to be a big return match or two or three down the line. So, man, they would wrestle in Pittsburgh and Hogan gets the win by DQ, Columbus, Ohio, Boston, Massachusetts in a tag match on Ness and Hogan and Jimmy Snuka defeating Bob Orton and Magnificent Rocco by DQ. Then you go back in a heavy return match on 5-20-1985 after Hogan lost by countout the prior month. Hogan defeats Magnificent Rocco, but only by DQ this time. So then they go to Chicago, then they go to St. Louis, then they go to Minneapolis, and they return the following month again, because this is when MSG was pretty much doing every month, and usually Hogan's the main event, and usually you want to build it up and really build it up to a crescendo. And on the MSG network, 621-1985, Hogan defeats the Magnificent Morocco in about 10 minutes. New York City, baby, in the cage match, which was a great bloody affair there and a great match. But that's not the end of it. He may have beaten them there, but they're going to continue on this feud. They're going to continue on to make some money. They're going to go to Pittsburgh, PA. They're going to do a house show in Detroit, Michigan, where Hogan and Steamboat, very rare team, defeat Fuji and the Magnificent Morocco. And then, of course, a huge match, 215-1986, part of Saturday Night's main event, number five, Veterans Memorial Coliseum in Phoenix, Arizona. Hulk Hogan defeats Magnificent Morocco by DQ in seven minutes. So, again, he may have beaten him in the big cage match in MSG, but they're keeping him strong here on TV. On Saturday night's main event, as Hogan only wins by DQ. So they kind of can continue on the feud. Hogan would defeat Morocco in Denver, Colorado. They've had a bunch of three-on-two handicap matches where Hogan and Steamboat would defeat Johnny Valiant, Fuji, and Morocco. Those would be from Pittsburgh, Buffalo, and on the Prison Network in Philly, PA, at the Spectrum. They continue on in the Cow Palace in San Fran, East Rutherford, New Jersey. And then, of course, you have a bunch of good tag matches. Hogan and Orndorff, Mr. Babyface there, before his turn, defeats Bundy and Morocco. They'll have a world title match in Salisbury, Maryland. Another three-on-two handicap match. Hogan and Orndorff defeat Bundy, Fuji, and Morocco in Oakland. Then they'll have a Big-time match in the Rosemont Horizon in Chicago. Hogan defeats Morocco on 7-11, 1986. 
1986. They'll have another match for the Pontiac Silverdome in Pontiac, Michigan. Morocco, of course, loses the Hulkster there. These are all world title matches, of course. They have a big match on 8-18-1986 from Montreal, Quebec, Canada, where Hogan defeats Morocco there. Then a couple tag matches. Hogan and, shockingly, his tag team partner, Rowdy Roddy Piper, defeat Bob Orton and Morocco from San Diego. And they wrestled twice in San Diego and had two great matches there. And then, of course, really the last meeting was a Survivor Series elimination match. Butch Reed and the Heenan family, Andre the Giant, King Kong Bunny, Rick Rude, and the one-man gang. This time, Hogan and Morocco will be on the same team as Hogan, Morocco, Bam Bam Bigelow, Ken Patera, and Paul Ondorf would fall and lose, with Andre, of course, pinning Bam Bam to win that match in about 24 minutes. That was a part of Survivor Series 1987 from Richfield Coliseum in Richfield, Ohio. Morocco, of course, infamously... Got re- was replacing superstar Billy Graham in that match, who was his manager at that point as Morocco had turned face. And he was doing a pretty good job of doing the rock gimmick, the original rock, Don the Rock Morocco. And he was coming out to that great superstar, Jesus Christ superstar song that was, of course, Billy Graham's song. Pretty good team there with Graham and Morocco, and I kind of like where they're headed. But, you know, Morocco would obviously exit the WWF in late 1988, losing a match to Greg Valentine, and then in his final match, well, a few matches to Greg Valentine in the row, and then his final match, beating Barry Horowitz in Italy on 10-16-88, which would be his final match ever in the WWF. But man, what a legend, what a, what a big-time name, what an icon he was for sure. He definitely deserved that spot and deserved that year-long house show run with the Hulkster a little bit over a year, really. But that's one of those things where, man, if you're making money with the guy, just keep it rolling. And obviously him and Morocco, Hogan and Morocco were selling out a lot of house shows. They were doing a lot of business. They were making a lot of money. So you just got to keep that money train rolling. Morocco did a great job with the Hulkster. It's one of those feuds that you got to watch and you just got to enjoy because it's different. It's not the normal you know, Hulk up and it's over kind of kind of feud. And it's not just him destroying a monster. It's him destroying a guy of pretty much equal size. I guess Morocco may be a little bit shorter, but pretty much a guy of, of equal size and just really having a great feud and just having bloody brawls. And the, 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 the trilogy at MSG was great. They had a couple great tag matches in, in Philly, and they had a big match in Chicago. They Boston Guard. I mean, they really, really had a, a great legendary feud. I loved it. And it's one of those different feuds that I think maybe gets forgotten because it wasn't on pay-per-view and it wasn't really on any big-time shows except for Saturday night's main event. I think maybe it kind of gets forgotten or maybe lost in the shuffle a little bit, but I don't think it should. It definitely is one of those great all-time Hogan feuds. And that's what we're talking about here on the Hogan era. Every time I t- kind of talk about these feuds, I want you to kind of go back and watch it. Like Bad News Brown, Harley Race, he's kind of forgotten great Hogan feuds. If you can get your eyes on it if you get your hands on these feuds tapes dvds youtube is a great source daily motion is a great source get out there and start watching these great matches you'll get a new appreciation for hulk and really start looking at the numbers and the sellouts and the money made you're like man hogan was just a cash cow he was just a king and without him i don't think you're gonna really kind of get the money generated for the wbf and really be able to sustain what vince mcmahon wanted to sustain without the hulkster who made who? Did Vince make Hulk? Did Hulk make Vince? I think Hulk made Vince and Hulk made the WBF. And the Hogan era is kind of the proof in the pudding. So I just think if you really want to be a big fan, you really want to check out some great Hogan feuds. 
this one is one to check out. Check out the MSG matches. Watch the Saturday Night's Main Event match. If you could find the Philly match or the Boston Garden or the Chicago at the Rosemont Horizon, definitely, definitely check out those matches. Great, great feud for the Hulkster. But let's head towards the plugs. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Two Man Power Trip. Check out the website, tmptempire.com. And of course, Patreon, patreon.com slash tmptempire. I'd like to thank everybody for tuning in. We'll see you right back here next week for the Hogan Era Podcast. See you next week, folks. This has been a John Paz Power Trip production in conjunction with the Two Man Power Trip of Wrestling. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Two Man Power Trip. You can check us out on Facebook. You can subscribe on YouTube. You can go to patreon.com slash TMPT Empire to become a patron. And also check out the website tmptempire.com and buy a shirt at prowrestlingtees.com. Two Man Power Trip, where the power lies brother. I do want to bring in, if I may, the magnificent Morocco, who moments from now will be entering the steel cage to meet Hulk Hogan for the World Wrestling Federation Heavyweight Championship. And of course, as usual, by his side, one Mr. Fuji. Gentlemen. Thank you very, very much. Oh, tonight, Anytime now! This is Morocco's match, cage match. You, Hogan, cannot run away. You, Hogan, is trapped like a little bear in a ring. <laughs> All right, Don Morocco, I'm going to confront you. How, how in the world can you possibly feel at this, the 11th hour? Moments from now, you're going to be walking into Madison Square Garden and in the confines of a 15-foot-high steel cage. There you is know, no way out, no way in for that matter. You know me and Gene, about an hour now. Hour from now, Hulk Hogan is going to ease into his big long Cadillac, going to cruise down the streets of New York City, going to be a big man. What am I going to be do? Sure, I might be battered. Sure, I might be wounded. But I'm going to be fighting yellow cabs up and down 8th Street, driving up the street. Because for me, this is just another night at the office. This is just another day at work. I have been here so many times, Hulk Hogan. I have made legends. I have created a legend. I am the legend maker, you see. All the cages you look down, all the miles of road you go down, all the steps you take to greatness. You don't look like the Madison Square Garden. I don't need no Cindy Lauper. I didn't need no Mr. T. I was reality before wrestling. I was reality in the cage before all your rock and wrestling. So when you're easing in your cat like being a big star, I'll be back on the street because for you and me in a cage, this is just another day on the job, brother. Hulk Hogan, what in the world? This has got to be Shades of Ramble, First Blood 2. Well, the thing is, Mean Gene, you know, I don't need no doctor, man. I don't need no insurance policy, and I don't need no life insurance policy, brother, because the thing is, man, Hulkamania lives day by day, one day at a time. And the first thing that I don't like, Mean Gene, is I don't like putting the WWE heavyweight title on the line and climbing in a steel cage, man, because that's for animals, you know. But since this thing's gone so far with the Magnificent One, since this thing has gone over the edge, this was the only way to rectify the situation. This is the only way that I can win the war. And because of the WWE is so flexible, I might add, they decided to go ahead, put us in a cage like animals, and put the WWE title on the line. But one thing, you know, I don't care about breaking bones and scarring faces, the movie contracts, the front page coverage. That's all a bunch of gaga, daddy. All I care about is a WWE 
title. And all I get to say is a few minutes from now, when I step in that ring, brother, I hope the magnificent Morocco's ready. Because I've been hanging out with my main man Rambo, you know, I, I, training I, like a maniac out in Hollywood, California. And he's not an actor, brother. He's a stark raven maniac. And that's why I get in my head the way it is. You might say, I might just walk that fine razor's edge on top of that cage tonight, Gino. All right, uh, you know, Hulk Hogan, why anybody would, would subject themselves, especially you, everything that you've got going for yourself, World Wrestling Federation's heavyweight title, the contracts, the Hollywood, the this, the that, you know, that, that, that face, I hate to say it, the body could be turned to nothing more than hamburger in this kind of a match. Well, the thing is, I don't mind the physical pain, brother, because I fear no man. I feel no pain, brother. The thing is, you know, if you don't put the title on the line, if you don't give it your blood, sweat, your tears, and your soul, it didn't mean anything anyway. That's why New York City, that's why the whole world jumped on the bandwagon with the Hulkamania. That's why they're getting behind me. I'll stand behind this belt like a man, and I'll never shed a tear because there's thousands of Hulkamaniacs that'll cry for me. And I don't care whether I'm right or wrong. I'm going to do it my way. I, I, I like that very much. Heavyweight champion of the world, Hulk Hogan. Title defense for the man from Venice Beach, California. Here in the Big Apple, Don Morocco. Oh, what would you do if you had to look in the mirror every day at yourself? It is not a pretty sight, ladies and gentlemen. Those who are, are light apart and elsewhere, this is not the place to be. You're watching Madison Square Garden Classic, part of MSG's Summer Block Party Sweepstakes. Here's tonight's password. Go to msgnetwork.com after the show for your chance to win a hundred grand. Oh, yeah, convertible. Five-speed. 300 screaming horses. 4.6-liter V8. <laughs> okay, minivan. Introducing Optimum Autos. Oh, automatic. Search the tri-state area for thousands of new and pre-owned vehicles right on your TV. Updated daily. Cup holders. Definitely cup holders. Optimum Autos. Pick a car, any car. IO Channel 605. Major appliances, air conditioners, flat panel TVs. More people from Montauk to Manhattan buy where the builders buy a Granado appliance in Valley Stream. Professional service from professional people. As part of America's largest buying group, we offer you unbeatable package pricing. The ultimate kitchen in a single word, Viking. Professional ranges, convection wall ovens, the place, Granado appliance. For a level of expertise not found in any ordinary appliance store, buy where the builders buy a Granado appliance. This big fella is Earth Mover. What's the word, Kenny? He's a gorilla, Steve. Killer. Total maniac. I take it that's high praise. The highest. He can win going wire to wire or roaring from the back of the pack. Do you think he likes being called a gorilla? <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm going to definitely say yeah. Meadowlands Racetrack. You've got to see this. In the mood for something rich? Come to Meadowlands Racetrack Saturday for the $1.8 million Breeders' Crown Championships. The richest series in harness racing. First race, 5 p.m. We now return to WWE Madison Square Garden Classics, only on MSG. Waiting patiently for the champion. I might just want to add a little comment to Howard's explanation of the rules, Dean, and that is that you must reach the arena floor. You can't merely go over the top of the cage. You must come down. You must reach the arena floor. Same way with the door. You must go through the door, and you must reach the arena floor. To be declared the winner. 
quite. No, not quite. <laughs> okay, now let's walk through it. Referee. Referee is is up there, but am I correct? He does not go into the wing itself. Absolutely not. No way. He is only custodian of the door. Guardian of the gate, so to speak. Morocco picks up the belt and goes after the Hulkster, who immediately does a number on him. Both men fighting now for the belt. Wow. That belt's got to be outside the ring. There it goes now. Referee snatches it, and he'll slam the door shut. And that is it. El Loco, that's it. The door has been latched shut. There are no rules. No rules in this match at all. Anything goes. Anything goes. Anything and everything goes. Can't be stopped for any reason whatsoever. Oh, nice maneuver there to block that ram into the steel cage. Hulkster ultra confident. Oh, he's as is Morocco, which was evident by his interview, Jim. No question. Talking about two of the best in professional wrestling today. The magnificent Morocco as challenger. Hulk Hogan as heavyweight champ. You Morocco, know something? More former. than a title. More than a title oh, in this kind of a match. Career is at stake here, Jim. Morocco, former Intercontinental Champion, just blocked that maneuver very nicely. Morocco into the turnbuckle, Hulk right on top of him. Neither man has felt the wrath of the KJs yet. Morocco blocked it once again. Neither man at this point in time has been rammed into that cage yet, Jim. Well, they don't want any part of that, and yeah. I don't blame them. Absolutely not. Boy, they've been blocking that movement very nicely. You know, we talk about anything and everything going. I think Morocco just gave us a pretty good display of what we were talking about. There, Hogan. There is nothing which is illegal in the steel cage match. The only thing unusual about this particular one is that the world's heavyweight championship is at stake. I'm still somewhat amazed that World Wrestling Federation officials would allow something like that. Well, the rules committee took a good close look at it, Gene. Morocco asked for it. When Morocco asked for it and the Hulkster saw the contract, He's, he emotion, he's emotional enough that he, he would, said he would sign that's it. That's the way he wants it. Here's my signature. Let's do it. Now, he could have said, fine, let's have this steel cage match, but the title's not going to be on the line. He would have been in his rights to do that. What is this? Morocco asked for the door to be open. It's open, but he didn't make it. Again, I think we should recapitulate, reiterate, just exactly what the ground rules are through the door over the top but in both instances in both cases the party must reach the floor here at Madison Square absolutely. Garden absolutely if you climb over that top you're not the winner until you climb down the other side and reach the arena floor so if you, you hit, go through the, the bricks, door as they say if you go through the door you must go down the steps and reach Madison Square Garden's arena floor on his knees, Morocco banging away at the big man. Apparently, those blows, those boots, those toes 
not having a great deal of effect. There's a block and a counter by Hulk Hogan. A double chop. Champ off wall on oh. clothesline. Drops the big elbow on him. Losing someone you love to a terminal illness hits close to home for too many of us. I'm Matthew Modine. I lost my father to pancreatic cancer. I'm going to work hard to find a cure and you can help. Join us on Sunday, July 30th for the Pancreatic Cancer Research Walk at Old Westbury Gardens. For more information or to register, contact the Lust Garden Foundation for Pancreatic Cancer Research at 1-866-789-1000. Together, we can work to find a cure. I wanted someone who understood me. Someone that I could just have fun with. Someone that I was able to have a serious conversation with. And sh should I talk about Shannon herself or what I wanted in any no, woman? No, about the other women. I don't know what else. <laughs> I already found what I wanted, so I, I forget what it was that I even wanted to begin with. <laughs> Log on today, and if you are a first-time member, you can try eHarmony absolutely risk-free for seven days. eHarmony.com. Log on today. We're at 37%. Just a minute, Tom. I'm downloading. Bill, I got a problem with something. What? Waiting. Oh, can't keep my account waiting. It's not me. It's you waiting for dial-up. Now we're at 39%. Listen, I got business DSL from Verizon. You got to get up to speed. What's a few extra minutes? We just froze. Those minutes add up. Yeah, but you can't beat the price, though. Verizon is close to what you pay now, and you get more. Verizon Business DSL cuts downloads to seconds. There's no wasted time dialing up. You get 24-7 tech support and a great low price. Call 1-877-895-2DSL. Can we call for help? Uh, not when we're online. I can use the phone and work online at the same time with DSL. Get Verizon Business DSL and a great offer, too. Call 1-877-895-2DSL. 52%. All right, we'll change. We'll do it. It's about time. I'm glad I thought of that, huh? <laughs> yeah. You're watching Madison Square Garden Classics, the most memorable WWE wrestling events in garden history, only on MSG. What's he going to do? He's going to ramrod him, Gene. No. Yes. Right at us. Wow. Ramrodding Morocco right into the steel cage, right at its most powerful joint, the double steel bars. Oh, Morocco has been busted wide open. Wow. He is bleeding. He is hemorrhaging profusely right now. Again. Oh, no. Morocco torn wide open by the steel cage and is bleeding profusely. It's now, now it's dripping down on the rest of his body. Hard to tell exactly where it is, but it's just covering his face completely. What I said, it is ugly. That's what I mean. This is ugly. Not only that, I, I'm, I'm not so certain that part of his arm hasn't been broken open. Oh, look at that maneuver. As the Hulkster gets rammed in. Well, both men have now hit the woman wire galvanized steel fence that surrounds this cage. Look what out, slingshot. Morocco setting him up for a slingshot into the steel. There he goes. Wow. Oh, this is horrible. Neither man to this point has made an attempt 
to leave the cage via the over-the-top route. Both However, men. we're a long way from being over. Both men are really... Oh, wait a minute. Now Hulk. Hulk has been... Look at Morocco. He's going for the corner, Gene. Hulk. Hulkster's oh, busted my. open. Morocco climbing. He's reached the top turnbuckle. He's going to try to swing a leg over that top. He's got one leg over the top. Here comes the Hulk. Goes for the tights. There's a there's a pretty a tremendous shot. Oh no! Oh, rams Morocco's head right into the top steel bar three times. Oh no! Oh, yes, he is. Both men are split wide open. As a result, earlier on of being driven into the here at Madison Square Garden. Morocco sagging now down between the cage and the ropes as the Hulkster just unleashed some awesome power. Boy, uh -oh. now, now the blonde hair of Hulk Hogan's it's turned red, Jim. It is totally crimson. Look at this. Morocco with a boot to the top of the head. Morocco still in the most advantageous position in this match as he's... Oh, no. He's, he's coming down. Oh, he he wants to administer some more punishment. He is bleeding horribly. He is bleeding just horribly. They both are. God, there's no stopping it either. No. There's no way, shape, or form that this match can be stopped. Only when a winner is declared. I, I, I want to I point out something. There is a, there is a lady here. Representing, I think, one of the major networks. And she has just lost it. It is not a pretty sight, ladies and gentlemen. I said at the outset, those matches that I have covered previously, they can be tremendously ugly. Absolutely, and Morocco those, in control of this one. Those who are, are light of heart and elsewhere, this is not the place to be. Forget about it. Fade apart. Morocco in control's got the champ down on the canvas. As the chant goes out, approximately 28,000 plus on hand for the steel cage title match. Morocco just dishing out that punishment. The magnificent one trained hard for this one. He missed that shot. Wow, runs into the boot. Morocco tied up in the top rope. Oh, now look at Hulk. and just pull on it over on the opposite side. Hulkster trying to make his way around to find the door because Morocco's locked up in there. Hulk called for the door to be open. He didn't make it. Not yet he hasn't. Morocco grabbed that leg at the last moment. Certainly thought that was curtains as Morocco was just hung up in that top and second rope. Hulkster's out, it's he it! He wins! It's over! He wins! Oh, oh. Madison Square Garden going bananas!
most devastating match. At one point in time, Morocco had a clear-cut shot at Victor as he was about to go over that top of the cage. And at the last split second, the Hulkster managed to grab a leg and haul him right back in there. But the champ, victorious in the end, as he went out the steel cage door onto the arena floor and is the winner.